a three, a two, a three, two, one, hit it. Doctor said you got PCOS, now go on girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian and helped my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. Welcome, sisters. Welcome, sisters, to another episode of the podcast. That was a cute countdown, Talene. Thank you. I stole your thunder. You did steal my thunder, but you put your own twist to it, which I will respect. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about a very important topic, as always. Is PCOS curable? Is it reversible? There's always controversy around this topic, so we wanted to tackle it straight on. Straight on. We get so many comments. Every time we post about this on TikTok, the crowd goes wild. Yeah. So we just want to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, TikTok and Instagram and wherever else you might find us. So there is no pill to cure PCOS because PCOS, it's a complex metabolic condition. Every woman doesn't have exactly the same symptoms. So there's not like a pill that's just going to magically fix PCOS, you know? And you have to realize that, yes, maybe that's an annoying factor of PCOS, but at the same time, that's fine because now we have to prioritize self-care taking care of our bodies, um, discovering what it is that we need. And women with PCOS end up being very, uh, what's the word, like introspective or sensitive to your needs eventually because you are prioritizing your self-care so mm -hmm. much. You know, instead of waiting in the later stages of life, like some other people might be doing, to prioritize their health, you do it early on, you know, yeah. right when you find out about PCOS or as soon as you find out that changing your diet and lifestyle can make a difference. And the sooner you do that, the more you'll thrive and feel good throughout your life and later on and you'll avoid having issues in the future like diabetes. Absolutely. I mean, we're not told that we can change our diet and lifestyle and reverse PCOS. Yeah. Like the ovarian cysts, like they can disappear in one to three months. Mm -hmm. You in know, insulin resistance. Insulin resistance. You can reverse that too. Hair loss. Facial hair. 12 months. Yeah. It can take six to 12 months. Same mm -hmm. thing with weight gain, fatigue. These are all things you can reverse and thrive with PCOS. Yeah. And I feel like people are being negative about it because they're frustrated because they've been dealing with symptoms for mm -hmm. such a long time or it's because they went to the doctor and the doctor gave no no information on the fact that they can do something about their PCOS aside from birth control aside from metformin aside from suffering you know yeah. and I feel like women just silently suffer that's like the underlying tone of PCOS and women's health in general people just end up suffering and dealing with things without complaining about them because nobody's talking about that you mm -hmm. can reverse things. Yeah. That you can thrive with PCOS, like you said. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, something that we would all want with a situation like this is a magic pill, right? Mm -hmm. And like a pharmaceutical drug or a supplement that's just going to cure their PCOS. Yeah. But the re reality is that there isn't something like that. And some great books that talk about this, for example, Dr. Fiona McCulloch's yeah. book, 
is literally called Eight Steps to Reverse PCOS. Mm-hmm. Eight Steps to Reverse PCOS. She uses the same exact verbiage. And, that we're using, yeah. Yeah. And in the book, she says, no supplement or medication listed here will ever come close to bringing you the benefits you'll get from making those simple lifestyle changes. I love that quote. And I love her book. Mm-hmm. And I think it was published in 2016. And that was fairly recent. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine it's 2021 now. Yeah. That was five years ago. And I was diagnosed with PCOS like 10 years ago, 12 yeah. maybe. So, I mean, it's fairly recent that people started talking about reversing PCOS. And yeah. I think it's great. We should be screaming about it all yeah. day. Yeah. And we're never going to stop screaming about it <laughs> because we truly believe that you can reverse PCOS symptoms yeah. and just be able to thrive with PCOS. So, no matter mm-hmm. how many times. There's going to be a debate. I'm mean, speaking of debates, like <laughs> usually on TikTok, I think it's mostly TikTok, but it's on TikTok or on Instagram. If we say, you know, the words, you can reverse hair loss with PCOS, yeah. you can reverse acne with PCOS, people will be like, you can't reverse this and that. And I think like Tanya was saying, it just comes from that sense of frustration. Yeah. But I mean, let's let's tackle that right now. Tackle what is it. What does the word cure mean okay. versus what does the word reverse mean? I wrote down the definitions and I'm really excited because Sirak gets really hyphy about things like this. So I was like, this is so perfect. Because it's just a linguistic thing that I don't think <laughs> people may be aware of. Exactly. So cure. What does it mean, babe? What's cure? Okay. According to Webster's Dictionary, curable slash cure means something as a drug or medical treatment that brings about recovery from a disease or illness, remedy or cure for colds, for example, recovery or relief from a disease, something that solves a problem or improves a bad situation. Yeah. And in most cases, what cure is usually used as is, oh, you're, let's just say whatever it is, it's cured. You no longer have to worry about it, Mm -hmm. deal with it. It's gone, right? Take this pill, done. And that's not what we talk about because we talk about PCOS as a lifelong condition, but it doesn't have to feel daunting. It's something where you can tackle head on with diet and lifestyle and thrive. And when we talk about that, we're talking about reversing the symptoms so that they're in remission and you're you're basically not worrying about them because you're managing your diet and lifestyle day to day. And you're enjoying the things you're doing to keep it in remission at the same time. And just to read what the definition of reversible and reverse is, uh, according to the dictionary, it says, turning toward the direction opposite to that previously stated, able to be turned the other way around <laughs> so that the previous state or situation is restored. Yes. Bam. Yes. Literally, that's all we always say. Turning <laughs> toward the direction opposite to that previously yes. stated. So, for example, if you have facial hair, we want you to be able to reverse that uh, uh, symptom by slowly, you know, tackling your insulin resistance, the underlying issues, and High slowly, yeah, getting mm-hmm. rid of the facial hair or whichever symptoms that is frustrating you. Yeah, that's exactly what this yeah. definition says, and that's exactly what we try to do. So, anyone. You know? Through fun educational content, too. I mean, yeah. who knew how much you could learn from a TikTok video? Yeah. Yeah, People have the audacity to jump on there and be like, you can't cure PCOS. We're yeah. trying to make this fun, people. Exactly. And honestly, like, <laughs> this episode isn't to even like defend the use no. of reverse or cure. Like, yeah. We don't care. We're going to use the word reverse because we believe in this. And as yes. Dr. Fiona McCulloch believes in it when she wrote her book, Eight Steps Reverse P- yeah. PCOS. And just as many other doctors like... Dr. Felix Gersh and others who say you can reverse PCOS yeah, symptoms. So thriving with PCOS. Thriving with PCOS, exactly. So uh, 
that being said, with that being said, I just want to jump in here and say that I have been able to reverse my PCOS. Mm -hmm. I dedicated years to researching and figuring out the underlying issues that drive my symptoms. And it wasn't easy. Like there were so many things to learn and not enough research. I mean, just think about it. Some of the best books were like recently written about PCOS yeah. I mean, that I know of, that I've heard of, you know. And it was it was hard, I have to say. It took me a lot of time. And we try to really simplify this for you. We try to make it as digestible as possible because every woman is different and your journey might be challenging, might take some time. So with that being said, we want to jump in to some of the factors that help with reversing PCOS, some of the things to address when you're on this mission. Mm -hmm. And before we get to that, just want to say a shout out to the uh, sponsor of this podcast, Ovacetol. Many of you know this is our favorite supplement for PCOS, and if, especially if you have insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. It can really help get down to the root issues of the insulin resistance and help with period regularity, ovulation, improving um, symptoms such as yeah. hair loss, acne. And basically, it's one of our favorite supplements for PCOS if you have insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. A great inositol supplement. There's lots of research about how it helps women with PCOS and improves our symptoms. So it's definitely something to look into. Absolutely. There's a link in the episode description where you can go ahead and check it out. And we also have a 15% off PRC code if you use the code 292660. On the Ovastol website. Memorizing uh, yeah. the code. <laughs> You'll be able to get 15% off. All right. So let's break down the factors when it comes to treating PCOS. Okay. The first thing I want to talk about, inflammation. Mm -hmm. Everyone with PCOS has inflammation. Lots of it. That's what's driving the other symptoms. And it manifests in different ways. Some people have more, some people have less. But it manifests in like you know, cystic acne, ovarian cysts, hair loss, facial hair, all of the symptoms, the underlying issue is inflammation. And what that means is our cells are inflamed. They are not working metabolically the way mm -hmm. that they should be because of all types of different factors from diet to environment to lifestyle. All these things affect the ability of our cells to function properly metabolically. You know, that mm -hmm. gluten and dairy we always talk about could be a factor. Yeah. So it's really important to determine if inflammation is a key factor in your case when it comes to PCOS. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we were just on a live with Dr. Aviva Raman. She was like talking about how going gluten and dairy free is like the low hanging fruit. The first mm -hmm. thing that you can try to help reduce inflammation, yeah. improve your symptoms. So why not jump in and see if it works for 30 days? Yeah, because if you're trying everything else and, and you're still eating gluten and dairy and it's basically not giving you the ability to see the results from all the other changes because yeah, it's constantly exactly. adding to the inflammation and yeah. other symptoms. It's like fueling the fire. Yeah. So it's, again... Yeah, you're trying to put the fire out with, with the water and at the same time, there's someone pouring gasoline <laughs> onto the fire. That's a great analogy. Wow. Did you just think of I that? I did just think of that and I think I deserve an award. Wow. Good for you. And then uh, the second factor when it comes to treating PCOS, and this is also as just as important, if not more, than inflammation, is insulin resistance mm -hmm. now we've talked about this a lot but 70 to 80 percent of women with pcos have insulin resistance but did you also know that there's a spectrum meaning how much insulin resistance you have and it can vary from woman to woman 
yeah, it can be more severe in some women and it can be slight insulin resistance in others. So if your blood work shows like a little bit of insulin resistance, okay, keep in mind that even that little bit of insulin resistance can trigger PCOS symptoms. This is something that we need to tackle. It's really important for our metabolic health, our cellular health. And, you know, think of it this way, like we secrete insulin after we eat a meal Mm because, right, we're eating you know, bread or something. It breaks down to sugar in our bloodstream. Our body releases the hormone insulin to store that sugar, you know, do what we will with it, right? Well, when insulin levels are high after we eat, we're not in fat burning mode. We're in sugar burning mode, glucose burning mode. Mm -hmm. And insulin should come back down after we're done with our meal. So in between lunch and dinner, it should be nice and low. But with PCOS, it's always high. Mm-hmm. We're craving things. We eat more and then it, it re- remains high naturally because our cells are insulin resistant and insulin blocks fat burning. And so here we are with the metabolic issue with insulin and how that contributes to our symptoms and PCOS and triggers high testosterone and everything yeah and i was just gonna say not just it makes it hard to lose weight it it blocks fat burning but it causes to make testosterone from the ovaries that can lead to lead to hyperandrogenism Mm -hmm. symptoms such as acne hair loss facial hair and then it can also cause inflammation yeah so it creates like this cycle cycle like inflammation can cause it and it can cause inflammation and just goes back and forth yeah and then the third factor is adrenal fatigue. Now, uh, adrenal fatigue can be uh, related to stress. Yes. So this is when you go for long periods of time doing the intense workouts and cut your calories yeah. and maybe drinking all these a lot of uh, caffeine. Coffee. You know, all day if you're drinking coffee yeah. all day, you're really draining those. Uh, adrenals absolutely and then you get bad sleep you know and all of these contribute because now your body is making a bunch of stress hormones instead of the other sex hormones necessary for you to ovulate Mm -hmm. for you to have your period on time etc so overproducing those stress hormones can be a really big problem with women who have pcos and unfortunately we are told to cut calories and work out more and that just makes it worse. Yeah. And it's like, why aren't we treating the root issues with PCOS? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And when you take that into consideration, it can cause symptoms like moodiness, acne, yeah. fatigue. Did you just mention that? No. Oh, okay. So. I was I used to have like moodiness because of it. And yeah. I had so much adrenal fatigue. I had no idea. I was kickboxing all the time. I could go to the beach in the most relaxing situation, but because of my hormones, I'd be pissed. Yeah. And I'm pretty confident, too, that I had adrenal fatigue at some point from lack of sleep and having too much coffee. Yeah. Both of which I've kind of like uh, nipped in the bud. Now I get very yeah. good sleep because I no longer have to drive three hours to go to work. I just wake up and go to my and walk to our <laughs> office. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. And then the second thing is I, I used to drink like four or five cups of coffee a day when I was when I was working as an engineer. Wow. But now I just I cut that down to one cup one cup of coffee a day and definitely feel a lot better. I can sleep better and feel a lot like more energy when yeah. I wake up and throughout the day. You guys wouldn't believe this. Sirak used to drive two hours from Northridge to Brea to work. And then each way. Each way. Each way. It's usually like hour and a half. But you know, when there's traffic, still, a lot of traffic, it becomes two hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, a, that's a recipe for adrenal fatigue. And I was going to school too. <laughs> going to school at the same time like online schooling yeah well some sometimes it was physical you know going to cal state and then other times it was online yeah yeah well i mean people listening you know people are in school people are working yeah that is yeah think of it that's actually reflect on what your uh lifestyle is yeah 
sometimes you can't fix it like in that situation what were you going to do quit your job no yeah but sometimes you can mitigate it with um meditation like you used to read on the van to work yeah you know so that you can relax and stuff instead of whatever so well let's not bring back up these horrible (laughs) memories i'm getting ptsd here okay the Uh, next one is (laughs) thyroid function yeah so it's really common with pcos because if you have adrenal issues insulin issues inflammatory issues then it can lead to thyroid issues as well and there's only so far you can go on your pcos journey if you have a thyroid issue you know it requires blood work supplementation sometimes medication so it's definitely something to look into because it can definitely halt your progress with pcos so that's why blood work is super important absolutely all right so now let's talk about how do we address these root issues well let's hop into diet change mm-hmm. since being a dietitian is my thing yeah and we talk about what diet and lifestyle right yeah i really want to talk about dairy too yeah because this has a major impact like diet change is the single best way that you can improve your pcos everything else secondary to diet change Mm -hmm. like it'll transform your life your hormones your mood you know reducing the insulin secretion and so on yeah and um i know we always talk about gluten and dairy free But I want to jump into dairy. There's certain proteins that cause us to release a lot of insulin because of the amino acids in that protein. So amino acids, they actually stimulate a lot of insulin release and it can be a really big problem. Dairy contains those amino acids that can stimulate insulin. And this is why so many women with PCOS do so much better without dairy because It's spiking our insulin, you know, every time you eat it. And that is the main concern with women with PCOS because that triggers testosterone, like you said earlier, Mm -hmm. that that, um, blocks fat burning, that triggers our PCOS symptoms. So focusing on insulin. So when it comes to dairy, like yogurt, it has a higher insulin index than white bread. So if you were to have two pieces of white bread you would secrete as much insulin as you would if you had a small tub of yogurt. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's pretty shocking. We're and told that like, oh, some yogurt with some fruit is so yeah. healthy. Like, and We're not trying to say have white bread instead. We're just trying no. to show you like the comparison and how it can be. The impact. Yeah, the impact. It's like eating a carb. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, we're told to eat as a healthy snack yeah. or something. You don't realize how it's impacting your exactly. insulin. Exactly. You just don't realize it till you change your sp- perspective toward healing the root issues of pcos yeah so a lot of women with pcos you know we release a lot more insulin and it's harder for our insulin to drop so it it stays higher for longer in between meals and like i said that triggers our symptoms Mm -hmm. and it makes it more difficult to lose weight so going gluten and dairy free i tell (laughs) you say it once and i'll say it again hallelujah (laughs) grab some water all right drinking your water But the next topic we'll talk about is environment. And specifically, the first thing we want to mention is the toxicity of different kinds of plastics, pesticides, and basically, you know, endocrine disruptors that are basically all around our environment. Everywhere. We were just on the live once again with Dr. Aviva Ram. She's great. great. (laughs) She was talking about like flame retardants and all of these things all over our house. Shampoos, conditioners. Yeah. Things that we like use all the time, detergent. Yeah. You know that example she gave? Um, if you think of how much estrogen 
we have like one drop of estrogen in a big pool of water mm-hmm. is all it takes to have a major impact on our symptoms. Wow. So think of the estrogen disruptors like, you know, we read about or like people try to defend them and say like, oh, it's just a little bit like it's just some it makeup. Adds up. It, it, it adds, adds up. up. It only takes that little bit to make a huge impact yeah. on our endocrine system. That's all it takes because Mm -hmm. it's a cascade effect. So, yeah. I mean, didn't you say like if you change the stuff that touches your skin, for example. It makes a huge impact. Huge impact. For example, like yeah, makeup, maybe like shampoo. Mm -hmm. Things that you're putting on yourself every day constantly onto your skin. That's the easiest to absorb. Just starting with those changes first can make it have a huge impact. Because we know, like sisters, we know like life is difficult. You can't have every all the products around you perfect. Same thing with us. Like not everything we have is you know uh, perfectly safe. Like we've done the job of replacing our shampoos, our conditioners, our detergents, but. I think our couch probably has Scotch Guard. Sure. Maybe the carpet, you know, we've heard about our carpets. Bed sheets. The bed sheets, things like that, you know. We understand that like not everything is replaceable yeah. or maybe you don't have the means. I mean, not to mention a lot of these products can be more expensive than the yeah. regular. So we completely understand. But makeup, I don't think is necessarily more expensive. But the quality is not as good, maybe? Well, I used to think that, but I think it's just a matter of trial and error. Like mm. I've been using beauty counter makeup this past week. Because I wanted to like restock my foundation, things mm-hmm. like that, that I use every day. So I was like, whatever, I'll try yeah. something new. And I'm impressed. People on Instagram are telling me my skin looks better. So I'm going to continue using Beauty Counters, see how that goes. I've also okay. heard Ilia is a good brand. Yeah. So yeah. every time something runs out, I'm just going to swap it for something more PCOS friendly. Yeah. Another thing I did was swap our plastic loofahs in the shower. That's true. One day I just realized like hot water. You do mine. I still have the same one. Is it plastic? I don't know what it is. I don't think so. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I'll look into it. But I got like the natural sea sponge thing. Yeah. So. And some of the statistics out there, pretty crazy. but Pretty crazy. Yeah. An exposure to a female fetus in the womb to BPA can actually induce PCOS for two future Mm-hmm. generations mm-hmm. you know so imagine your mom is pregnant with you and you ha- are developing o- ovaries in mm-hmm. the womb which have eggs in them so it's your ovaries have eggs in them right so not you but me or I know, <laughs> women I so uh the fetus has ovaries so in both the fetus and the eggs in the fetus are going to be affected on of what the mother does mm-hmm. So imagine that the impact you have. So if you're just the BPA is everywhere and I, you know, whatever the environmental circumstances are, you never know. It could have an impact on two future generations. Yeah. And there was even a before we move on, there was actually this really interesting study that was done in Chicago where they looked at a number of pregnant women and they measured uh, the uh, the levels in their blood, you know, how much BPA was in their blood. And then they basically organized each group of participants depending on how high the BPA levels in their blood were. And then many, many years later, when they had children, they then looked at their children and compared their IQ levels. And the woman who had the highest amount of BPA, their children had the lowest IQ by, I believe, 20 percent. Mm. I may be getting some of the details wrong because I, I read this study you know, a, a while ago, but I do know that... This study was done, and these were basically the results. And you might be wondering, how is that happening? Well, BPA has been shown to impair cognitive development in 
yeah. uh, the fetus and in basically in the development phase wow. of people. So that's crazy. It's very interesting to think that and just how how much of an impact it can truly have. So yeah. that's why we want to mention this. Just bring awareness to it. We don't want to make you panic. Just bring awareness. Just throw away your plastic or recycle yeah. it. Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one thing to do is just using glass, right? Just yeah. try to use glass. Glass, and the thing is, glass lasts longer. Mm-hmm. You know, plastics usually degrade over time. You have to buy something new. But you're glass, money. yeah, glass lasts forever. I mean, at first it's more expensive. Yeah. But if you think about how many times you're buying plastic containers over mm-hmm. time, you know, glass lasts forever. It's going to be the same unless you break it, of yeah. course, like me. Uh, you know what also has BPA? Sorry to like drag this out. Go, but no, no, receipts oh, at the yeah, grocery store. Oh, yeah, a lot, right? I was reading this in PCOS SOS and she talks about how like you put your hand sanitizer at the grocery store and then you touch this receipt and the receipt has so much BPA and now you just open your pores up with the hand sanitizer. You just absorb that BPA right in. And she's like, you should, uh, you know, don't touch the receipts or like have them throw it away or... Now I just ask for like digital receipts. Yeah. Every time I see a receipt, I like grab it with my long nails and I'm like, ugh, and throw it in my purse. <laughs> I know. If it's something that I know that I'm never going to return or something like that, I'll just be like, I'll politely ask for them to throw it away from me. Uh huh. So I think that's probably yeah. the route to go in most cases. Yeah. But with your situation, you return half the things you buy. So maybe you need <laughs> it. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So we actually asked, um, that was basically the, the two factors we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. But also we asked you sisters on Instagram, PCOS.WeightLoss, if you don't follow us, PCOS.WeightLoss. But we asked you sisters, we had a poll. Do you think PCOS is curable, reversible, or neither? And here were the results. Uh, 57 people said curable. 360 people said reversible. And 132 people said neither. The results are in. Yes. It's reversible. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm, I'm very happy that majority sees that it's reversible. Because mm-hmm. this whole point of this podcast is to spread the positivity so that people know that they can reverse their symptoms. We don't want anyone to start their journey and be put into a corner where mm-hmm. they feel they can't reverse it. And they feel like they're stuck with whatever symptoms they're having. Right. We're on the opposite side of that. We're, we want you to put you in like a, a rainbow of some sorts where you, you feel encouraged, where you feel like uh, these symptoms are manageable. You can try something new. Exactly. You know, there's always something out there. And just goes to show from our followers, these responses, it looks like we've been doing yes. a good job of helping people feel and know that they can, you know, reverse their symptoms. I love it. All right. Uh, and then we actually even asked in the DMs or we actually asked what symptoms have you been able to reverse on Instagram? Mm -hmm. What symptoms have you been able to reverse? Hello Nana says, the doctor never even told me I could do that. The doctor only told me to lose weight. Well, yeah, it's not a symptom, but I'm glad that uh, you're aware of that. Yeah. I'm glad she's calling the doctor out. That was a typical response to this sticker. Yeah. People were like reverse. Yeah. Uh, Ziba said, stopped caffeine and I have more energy. There you go. Love it. Sometimes that low energy is can be just from having too much caffeine. Mm-hmm. Torquemon says gluten-free, dairy-free, and my skin is like a mirror. Woo! That's yes. that acne. The acne getting reversed. and That inflammation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, India Banto says, I've been trying Obastol for a few days and I noticed I don't have any cravings. Love Great. it. Great. They're insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. Chablu says, reduced cravings by having balanced meals. Amazing. Awesome. Great job. Sky B says, no more cysts, no more uh, missed periods or cystic acne. Love that's it. That's great. And that just goes to show, like, anyone that's wondering, can I reverse the ovarian cyst? Can I reverse, you know, my period uh, irregularity? Can I 
uh, get rid of this cystic acne and we want to use it as an inspiration that yes it's totally possible mm-hmm. working on diet working on lifestyle supplements things like that can all help so much you can do don't give up everyone's symptoms are different Mm -hmm. it takes different procedures for different people to reverse their symptoms but there's something out there and with a little bit of research and a lot of patience you'll figure it out all right so before we get to the wins of the week we want to play a message from our hotline if you're not aware we have a pcos hotline that you can call or text the phone number is one eight three three ask pcos that's one eight three three ask pcos and it's toll free you can leave a voicemail if you want to leave us a testimonial of how we've helped you or you can leave a question that we'll play on this podcast and here is today's voicemail hi my name is emily um and i'm 18 i've been struggling with pcos since well, pretty much since, like, 14, um, but I only got diagnosed when I was 16. But I was just curious, is it possible or is it okay to take pre-workout before working out with PCOS? I've heard good things and I've heard bad things. I'm about to start taking me a Vosipol, so um, I'm not sure if that really helps with energy, too, but I struggle a lot with my motivation before working out. Um that and what are some of your favorite workouts okay great questions let's start with the pre-workout question first well personally i don't recommend taking pre-workout supplements because of uh majority of pre-workout supplements have number one a lot of dangerous ingredients i've talked about this in the past but they add a lot of ingredients in there for the purpose of manufacturing for example i forget what this ingredient is called but most a lot of pre-workout supplements have this ingredient that helps to make sure that the supplement itself doesn't get stuck to the machines that are making them so that it's easier to clean up and it saves them time but that doesn't have any you know need for us when we're taking that pre-workout supplement mm-hmm. not to mention there are a lot of other dangerous ingredients in there there's usually uh, caffeine um things that are supposed to like make you pump your heart rate and all mm-hmm. these stuff i personally had that experience where um i took a pre-workout drink you know like a like long time ago i used to like drink them sometimes and every time i would drink it it would feel like my skin is on fire. Like I was itching myself. I was like, what's going on? Like my head's itching, my skin's itching, my heart rate was going crazy. There's yeah. like a crap load of uh, caffeine ingredient. in there. Yeah, ingredient. And it's, it's, I just didn't feel good while I was working yeah. out. You also don't need a pre-workout if you're doing slow-weighted workouts. Sure, yeah. So it, you don't have to get like hyphy and super like amped up. Ooh, let's do this. Yeah. And like you're not running 10 miles. Mm-hmm. If you don't, fe- if you struggle with being motivated to work out, uh, getting in the mood for it. Maybe there are other ways other than pre-workout that you can do that. Yeah. Like doing it at a time that's, uh, you know, like after work, I feel like winding down and relaxing. So that's a good time to do a workout, make mm-hmm. myself feel good, light a candle, take the yoga mat out, turn the TV on, watch a show that I like at the same time, you know, set the tone for yourself. Yeah. And also just focusing on having the proper meal an hour or two hours before your workout. So having something with, you know, adequate protein, you know, something with carbs, something with healthy fats, an hour or two before, that will make sure that you have, you know, the sustainable energy throughout the workout. She also mentioned Ovacetol, you know, feeling low energy and now, or she was feeling low energy and she started taking Ovacetol. 
wondering if that will help with it. Well, a lot of times that low energy can be due to insulin resistance mm-hmm. because, you know, your blood sugar can crash, drop, yeah. it can drop, and it can make you feel lightheaded, you know, have fatigue. So if you have insulin resistance, Ovastol can definitely help with that. Mm-hmm. And lastly, she asked for an example workout. Well, I have a workout that I love, love to suggest to anyone that's starting out. I call it the 10 by 10s. So you're going to pick just one exercise. You're only going to do one exercise. And with this, I like to do the squats because squats, even though it's a lower body movement, it has such a huge impact on insulin resistance because thigh workouts, you know, your legs are the biggest muscle in your body. It can help to pick up the sugars in your bloodstream, therefore helping with insulin sensitivity. Now, <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why I love squats. And plus, squats can really help with your back, too, because you have to keep your back straight the whole time. But how are you going to do this? Well, this is how you're going to start. You're going to start your first set by doing 10 repetitions. So you're going to go down 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. All right, that's 10 squats. That's your first set. Now you're going to rest 60 seconds. And then you're going to do that same thing again. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's your second set. You're going to do, you're going to rest 60 seconds and do it again. Basically, you're going to do that 10 times, hence 10 by 10, 10 reps by 10 sets, resting 60 seconds each time. And if you're wondering what weight to choose, think about choosing something that's um, like 50, 50 or 60% of um, a weight that may be like where you can do only like five reps or something. So, or not that much, but. Uh, like 10 pounds, you know, five pound dumbbell, that'd be totally fine. Even if you want to do it only body weight to get started, that's totally great too. So you just want to pick a weight that it doesn't feel too hard in the beginning because as you go through the exercise, it gets more and more difficult. So you just want to be able to do the 10 reps fairly easily. Okay. Awesome. So that's my workout suggestion. And before we go, we always do our favorite part of the episode, which is the wins of the week mm-hmm. we love to mention our sisters in the sisterhood or on instagram who are having amazing success losing weight with pcos managing their symptoms basically thriving with pcos yes the first one is karina banuelos she says hey sisters so i am on week number two of slow weighted workouts hydrating and avoiding gluten and dairy and taking ovastol I truly refuse to weigh myself for the time being due to the discouragement it often brings me when I used to used to do that. I feel overall so good though. My stomach isn't hating me and I just feel truly empowered. Do you ladies think it's okay to continue with the path of not weighing myself but still feeling good that I feeling better than I have ever felt in years? Well, I'm so happy for yeah. her. <laughs> and I chose this win because it's not always about the scale. Yeah. It is about your symptoms. Like if you're treating the root issues with PCOS, the gluten, going gluten-free, dairy-free, taking your ovacetol, you know, following our method with the slow-weighted workouts. Now, the scale will move later maybe or, or now or it doesn't matter. If any of your symptoms are getting better, you are doing something that's treating the root issues of your PCOS and you should continue and just continue until those symptoms are gone. And with that being said, everything is tied together. So if you're improving your acne, then you're probably improving your testosterone levels, which is probably means you're improving your insulin resistance, which when that is, you know, solid, you'll see weight loss results as well. So it just ties into, it is all full circle and it doesn't start with the weight. It starts with the symptom improvement, feeling good. Absolutely. I love that explanation, Tony. 
She's like a breather. Whew. All right. So uh, the second one is also from the sisterhood. And before I read that, if you're wondering, if you're new um, to us and you're wondering what the sisterhood is, that's our membership program, basically where we help you learn about your PCOS, get down to the root issues of your PCOS by helping you discover your PCOS type. We help you learn how to go gluten-free. Then we help you go how to go dairy-free, learning how to discover your carb tolerance and learning how to work out. These are all categorized in different stages, just like a game. So you go from stage one all the way to stage five, where you're finally able to manage your PCOS and thrive. And not to mention, you get monthly workouts that update every month. You get a whole recipe section that's completely gluten and dairy-free. You get two live calls, one with a doctor and another with us, which is a live workout. Basically, it's an amazing support team. Yeah, it's an amazing support team where you mm-hmm. can go to start taking the first steps in your PCOS journey. If you want yes. to access us, uh, just go to PCOSweightloss.org, PCOSweightloss.org, and you'll find uh, programs tab there, and you'll be able to find the sisterhood. Awesome. Cool. All right. The second winner is Jacqueline Boyadzian, Ooh, fellow Armenian. Yes. I went to Armenia with her. You did? Yeah. Oh, my God. That, so it's like a... a a friend of yours She's from a, a while. Yeah, That's yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, uh, Jacqueline, uh, she says, I have irregular periods, and after my period being MIA for seven months last year, it made a comeback in January, February, and March. Sadly, in April, it decided to go on vacation. I've been gluten dairy-free for about two weeks now, and I'm following the weight loss workout course, and I've lost four pounds. And the best part is my period has reappeared. That's what's up. Thought I would share some excited news. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I'm so happy, Jacqueline, that, you know, after those seven months, you really tackled this uh, situation head on, you know, mm-hmm. um, and with period regularity too, it can take some time before it completely gets back to being regular. So for example, it can come back for a month, maybe two months, and then it can go away for another month and it can come back because your body just trying to get into that rhythm of having the consistent period. So yeah. uh, anyone going through this journey, just want to like, this is a great inspiration for anyone. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Jacqueline, for sharing your progress, your results. And, you know, we're always here to help as you yeah. continue. I'm so happy for her. I can't wait to hear in the future how she's doing. Yeah. All right, sisters. We hope this episode was helpful in helping you learn that you can reverse your PCOS symptoms. And if you ever see someone trying to dismiss you and saying you can't reverse this or you can't reverse that, now you know. Now you know what to say. Exactly. And I hope you feel super empowered. And there's a lot of takeaways in this episode. So go on, sisters, get started on your PCOS journey. Keep us updated in the DMs. We always like to hear how you're doing. Yes, we're always here to help you along the way. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.